We know Taco Bell's food is great. They've even got a whole new cantina menu with fresh new ingredients. Taco Bell is not just for late night anymore with fresh new ingredients like slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Taco Bell is a great destination for your midday fuel. They have amazing menu items like cantina chicken tacos, burritos, and quesadilla. I truly do love Taco Bell. I love a Crunchwrap Supreme. It is one of my favorite things to eat. Ooh, don't wait till it's late. Try the new cantina chicken menu now. If someone were afraid of the dentist, maybe they haven't been in a long time, maybe they're embarrassed, because they haven't been in a while, I feel like this would be a really safe place for them to go and get the care that they need. At Advanced Dentistry, we get it. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, if you want to learn how IV sedation can change your life, visit nofeardentist.com. For me, Nicole Byers, exploring love. I was trying to figure out why I'm single, but guess what? There's been no answers in six years. My guest is a comedian and actor that you know from coming to America. Sorry to bother you, the drop and guy code. He now stars in The Blackening, now playing in theaters. Put your little virtual hands together for Beat the Dabba Jermaine Fowler. <laughs> What up, Cole? Jermaine, how are you? I haven't seen you in so fucking long. I know. The last time I saw you was in a comedy show. You killed it. Wait. No. The last time we saw each other was at a game show because you asked me to be your partner on one show. And then I told my agent the wrong show. So then they reached out to you for the wrong show. And you're like, I guess I'll do it. And then we didn't even play together. <laughs> oh, shit. I think that was it. I think that might have been it. Wow. <laughs> wow. And then we did uh, the pyramid. Sh- what was it yeah, called? Yeah, it was a $1,000 pyramid or something. I remember uh, we were laughing because uh, I'm so bad at game shows and I'm not competitive <laughs> at all. I'm the least competitive person. In fact, I just love chaos, right? I just love the, and yeah. felt so bad for my partner who I had to win the money for because um, I really wanted to win, but I, I, I'm not good at the game stuff. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I remember after the game show, she was like, you know, taking the photos with us and we were having a good time, mm-hmm. like smiling. But you can tell she was still angry. She lost. <laughs> and then you said something like, um, she's pissed off. <laughs> she's yeah, so I mad. I was like, this woman is so mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> My guy, I was like, I was truly trying. I was trying so hard. I too am not great at game shows, but I do love to win. Dude, I I wanted to win for that person. I don't even care about him personally, but <laughs> and it involves money. I'm like, man, she, I, you know, who knows what she might need it for. I really wanted to win for her, but there's just so much pressure when there's like cameras in your face and stuff mm-hmm. like that. With this added pressure, I couldn't handle, man. I hate that stuff. But I'll do them because I'd rather just kind of, you know, 
I do like games like you said. I love I love Uno. I love uh oh, I love Uno. What yeah. are your Uno rules? Can you do can you put down like multiple cards at a time? Like so you know how some people will be like, I'll put down a reverse, I'll put down a draw two, I'll put down a draw four. Pylon, right. Yeah. And the hood, yeah, that's that's like a rule. You can pylon, <laughs> pylon, right? If you do pylon, it's gotta match the card. You just can't match yes. the color take of the color, right? Like if you have a blue skip, you can't put up a blue uh, draw two. You just can't do that. Ah. Someone also asked me, hey, if someone has a, a draw two and somebody else has a draw two, can you put down a draw four? And I was like, no, that's a different no. card. It's not. It's a, it's a two plus two. And I'm like, no, you can still change the color with that card. It has different attributes, nigga. Like, that's, that's actually insane. You can't. It's insanity. You can't just go two plus two equals four so I can put down a draw four. No, no, no. But people want to make up those rules because they really want to win. And that's how chaotic that game <laughs> is, right? I have a Uno chat, right? And um, <laughs> we... Well, okay. So if you go on your phone, if you have an iPhone, uh-huh. like I'm on your, your, I'm on your, our chat right now. If you swipe, you know, on the bottom, yes. there's a thing called Pigeon, right? And you click it and they got Uno right here. You can click it, but you need multiple people on it. So they have Uno right here. They call it Crazy 8, but it's Uno. Uh, they don't have the license for Uno. Uh, too much money. <laughs> but Apple's the most like, exp- like uh, lucrative company in the world. I don't know yeah, how they can't like, afford Uno. I think Uno you can like. afford the licensing to Uno. Yeah, the, the extra $2 for us. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but no, uh, I am love Uno, man. Like My whole Uno chat is dedicated uh, to just playing Uno with my friends and family and stuff. And it started during the pandemic because uh, I needed something. To- I love that you play Uno. I... Loved playing Uno with my sister, and I was terrible. I would cheat so bad. Like, if I was shuffling and she turned her head, I would stack all the draw fours in my favor. <laughs> okay, so that's that's just impressive to be upset at, number one. Are you like a magician? Like, you could just, like, that's very slick. I couldn't even do that. Well, I would just, like shuffle them and then spread them out and then put like as I shuffled them collect the draw fours and then like spread them out and then my sister would be like what are you doing and I'm like a new way of shuffling but then I would stack them in a way that when I dealt them I would get all the draw fours that's her fault actually I blame her for not even notice yeah at all I went to Costa Rica with uh Joshua Benowitz uh you know you know of course yeah fellow comedian friend of ours uh funny as hell and uh, we had we did a lot, you know a, a retreat in Costa Rica, and we met uh, at the retreat. We met these uh, these French guys who liked Uno as much as us, <laughs> and uh, they uh, had different rules. So their rules were uh, called their rule was called faster. They called it faster, and I'm like, what's faster? And they were like, well, if you have a matching card, yes, it doesn't have to be your turn to lay it down. You just have yes. to fast with it. Uh huh. And I loved it. It actually made the game crazy. Yes. So that was a little rule I didn't know about. But I guess every every state, every region, every country has a different sort of— I feel like of, you could just go down the street in the same neighborhood and people will have different rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We only play with, like, eight cards. You know what I'm saying? So, like, every— <laughs> And you got to, you know, Uno first. Whoever says Uno first, you just win. It's like a two-second game, baby. Like, that's a while. Like, I, I agree with you. A two-second game? I might need to put an Uno party together. I forgot how much I loved Uno until you just started talking about it. And I just bought a new deck during the pandemic to play with, played with it, 
and then just kind of was like, oh, well, whatever. But now I think I'm going to pull it the fuck out. I was in Australia and we were on set waiting to go film. Uh, it was me, uh, Zach Efron, Andrew Santino. Uh, we were all like on set trying to just, you know, we were just killing time. And me and the guest stars or the other co-stars of the film, we were all just kind of playing Uno on, on set. And uh, there were people who probably never played in their lives mm -hmm. saw us. What you playing? We were like, Uno. <laughs> and they were like, this older woman who was like one of the co-stars, she, she sat down. She said, what, what, what are the rules? And we were like, the rules are this or that and that. And she goes, okay. And by the middle of the game, she got super competitive. And that's one, the movie, the, the game is so easy to yes. play. Then it starts to kick in, like, you really want to fucking win. Uh -huh. And that's what happened to her. She got sunk in, man. She was sunken in, like, <laughs> it was actually fascinating to watch. That's funny. What is Zac Efron like? Man, he's really down to earth, dude. Um, he likes to travel. Uh, he has amazing stories. Yeah, his experiences in Hollywood are amazing. I keep telling him, yo, you got to you gotta talk about this story on late night or just write a book or whatever. Like, he has the funniest stories. And... You could only expect that from someone who has done as much as him. I'm such a fan of that dude. I watched um, probably, you know, damn near um, probably every movie he's ever done. <laughs> it mm -hmm. was so wild to kind of see how cool he was, man. He's chill as hell. We watched Cocaine Bear together down in um, Australia <laughs> during the filming. And it was, it was, that movie is so funny. It was so funny. I'm like, I'm watching Cocaine Bear with that guy. <laughs> It's like, is this where I thought my life would be going? You've been traveling so much. I feel like last time I saw you, you were like spending time in Atlanta too. Do you bring your wife and children with you? It depends. If the project's lengthy, bring the family. If it's like a couple weeks, uh, I'll just go in and out. But they came to Australia. Uh, I I'm happy they did because, man, that flight is so long. It's 16 fucking hours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my flight was 13. I don't know how deep Australia you... Did you leave from L.A.? I left from L.A.? Maybe I left from New York. Maybe I went from New York to L.A. to... Were you on Spirit Airlines? I was on Spirit Airlines, and we landed in the ocean <laughs> for a little bit. And then they were like, hey, everybody, get back on this in a boat. And we were like, oh, my God. <laughs> now we have a layover in the water. Uh, we're kind of taxing on the launch. <laughs> no, I think I was 13. I don't remember. I, I, whatever. But I bring the family when, whenever I'm just like, you know, I just need to see my kids when I need to see my family. Where are you right now? I'm in New York, you know, promoting, promoting the film. the blackening. Yeah, yeah. So we're here till the 19th. And dude, it's premiering in the fucking Apollo Theater. That's fucking cool. On Juneteenth? On Juneteenth weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's nice. That's like a, I don't know. It's just like a, a fun moment to be like, it's Juneteenth weekend and I'm promoting and opening up like a, a black horror film or black horror comedy, right? Right. And not even like some sad, moody ass movie, a fucking funny horror movie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm so happy, dude. And I used to live in Harlem, man. Um, I used to stay in Akash Singh's house uh, when I was broke as hell. So really? Just, yeah. For a couple That's days. So funny. I didn't know that. It's wild, man. Yeah, man. Um, it's just crazy to be back in the city when you have money. You know, it's lovely when you have money. Cause I remember I lived in a four-bedroom, one bathroom apartment on a the top of a six-floor walk-up. It was caving in on itself. Uh, there was six of us in there at one point. 
that was fucking wild. And then to like go back to the city and be like, oh, I don't have to do a six floor walk up. I don't have to stay in an apartment that's caving in on itself. I could I could be in a hotel. I could take a cab. <laughs> Isn't that such a fucking one eighty? Like, like I lived, we lived in New York for a minute. I lived in New York eight years. I'm not sure same. how long you were there. Eight years. Yeah, we went to LA at the same time. Mm-hmm. We got successful at the same time. To come. Isn't that nice? Isn't that success nice? twins. Success twins. You got it a little yeah. earlier because you got guy code before I got girl code. I think you got it like maybe a well, year or two. Nigga, let's talk about that. So we got guy, guy code came out first and it came on MTV too. Mm-hmm. And that was super popular. Really popular. That show got me my start. That and the Eric Andre show. Super grateful. But then when girl came <laughs> <laughs> Y'all took over the world, dude. It was and really I, wild. It's wild. And I remember a lot of the niggas that was on God Code were jealous of y'all because it was like, I said, wait, wait, wait. Why, why the fuck? Why the fuck these new niggas are on We know too. And each four in the whole galaxy. And we just like, it was fucking fucking shit. But no, nah, uh, all y'all was so like, Carly, you, and I, I loved all y'all, man. Um, I was so happy for the show. I was so happy for y'all. And I remember just the impact that show had, and it just changed your life. It changed my life. And Overnight. Still, literally. At the premiere party, I couldn't look at my phone because it was, like, buzzing so much. And I had never experienced that in my whole life. I was like, oh, so I guess I turned the notifications off now? Like, what? My first date, uh, I had uh, I had it with a, a woman named Marita. Uh, we went to this bar in Brooklyn, and it was the premiere of Guy Code, right? Mm-hmm. And... Twitter was just popping off. I'm not on Twitter no more because it's a terrible place. But when I had Twitter, <laughs> I had Twitter, it was the first time I ever got such a wave of, you know, reaction and, and just all these notifications were just popping up on my phone. And I couldn't help but just look at it because we worked so hard. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, it was at her expense. And I'm just like, I am so sorry. I've just never, I am so sorry. And it was so embarrassing, but I couldn't look away. And it's still it was so bad. But yeah, man, it was just a big deal. Nah, dude. I get it, though, because it's like, yeah, we do work hard. You do comedy for nobody, for a bunch of people who still don't know who you are. And then you're just yeah. like trying to prove that you're funny over and over and over again. And then you got a show that just takes your funniest bits and then puts yeah. them out there on a huge platform. And you're like, oh, shit, people like me. And then like yeah. when people started coming up to me for pictures, I was like, oh, um, why? <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember Carly taking it so well and just being like, yeah, and like talking to people and taking pictures. And I was like, oh, that's what I do. You talk to them. <laughs> you say, hello, no. thank you. It was funny seeing the stand-up comics, like me, Soder, Barnett, and who else was a stand-up? Like Pete, like we were all like the stand-ups on the show. Mm-hmm. I would say we were kind of like the, uh, I don't know. I felt like we were outcasts in a way. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, and, and, and we aren't like, you know, personalities, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're cynical, we're comics, we're, you know, we've been through the grimiest shit. And, you know, to just sit down and just spew out jokes is what we do. But we used to do it in front of an audience. But having someone behind the camera like Stucky uh, and his producing partner kind of just throw stuff that she was new to us, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I remember me and the Guy Code guys, we had a, it was a paintball episode where um it was a, uh, and that's how they split up the teams up. It was, um, it, I think it was Schultz and Charlemagne and um, Big Dude. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. It was, it was like kind of like um, I don't know, the more like Type A guys or something uh-huh. like that. 
more nerdy guys. Uh, and uh, it was me, Pete, and Kenneth. And I remember we smashed the shit out of them. And we, like, we, we paintballed the fuck out of them. And they got so mad because I guess that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> we had a great, we had a great time filming that episode. And that was the first time I was like, man, this show is fucking fun. Like we went fishing. For, I went fishing for the first time with those guys. That's nice that you got to do those things. I got my pussy waxed for the first time on camera at 630 in the morning with a Russian woman telling me to stop screaming and be strong. What? We were on different shows. <laughs> Whose pussy's ready for that at six? I don't know. Not mine. Certainly they not thought mine. thought your pussy was going to be ready at 6 a.m., huh? 6 a.m. And at one, I think Stucky was there, or maybe it was Laura Murphy. I don't remember. Um, yeah. But one of them was like, well, I guess we'll just have a camera in there. And I was like, no, we won't. We'll film it through the door. <laughs> You'll just listen. to. I'll be vocal. <laughs> this is before me, too. Like, yeah. We just <laughs> yeah, we'll just... Set up the camera in here. You spread your legs. And I was like, I don't think You're so. Like, like something don't feel right. <laughs> something feels real fucking funky. <laughs> Jermaine, real quick, real quick, we got to take a break. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now, like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DateMe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DateMe. Here's a question. Yeah. So after you started doing Guy Code, did the ladies slide into your DMs to be like, Oh, Jermaine, you so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't massive. It wasn't like a, you know what I'm saying? Like a mm-hmm. a huge... I don't know. I don't know. Like, there wasn't like a huge yeah. influx. It was just like a trickle of tricks. Yeah. But I don't know. It's, I feel like when you're on TV or when you have some sort of platform, you're, you're just going to get, you know, people hitting on you online mm-hmm. in any way. Uh, I mean, fair. I mean, you could say that. I truly don't, um, I don't really have that. 
That's not true. Yes, it is. I don't have an influx of people hitting on me. What are you talking about? What am I talking about? I'm talking about my DMs. They're open and people barely hit on me. I have like two people who consistently hit on me. <laughs> oh, so two is good. Two is a couple. I'm trying to get a crowd of people. Well, why do you think it's because they might not think you like you don't like you don't have that like sexual like like I, not, I want to say material, but like, I feel like when you're like kind of like spewing sex and or or that sort of like you know that it just it comes, but like you're so you're so Nicole that I don't know. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I I I'm not like really like I don't really put out vibes that I'm like ooh come Look on, up for dick. but also I'm always like. I'll say it. I'll be like, I'm looking for dick. But I feel like people are like, that's cute. <laughs> they don't like truly take me seriously. Because I'll take dick pics. I'll take dick pics in my DMs. I, I would love to open my DMs and see like, I, I will say this. If you're going to send me a dick pic, I now want them. For a while, I didn't want them. Now I do. I'm a little hornier. But like clean up your space. And I don't, I don't want to see dirt behind the dick. I want to see, like, a clean floor or, like, a clean couch. Just a clean environment. I thought you meant dirt on the dick. I thought you meant, like, a little <laughs> dirt dick. Wash oh, your good, dick good. before you send Wash me dick. a dick. Well, yeah, I thought that's what you meant. I was like, well, yeah, you got to fucking clean your dick before you... No, okay. what I want you to do is put your dick in dirt. Like, plant it like an eggplant. And then pull it out and go, here's my eggplant. Not like before you fry chicken, you got to like put the uh, chicken on the flour. You went like that, like slap it on yeah, the dirt. Slap your dick on the flour and fry it on the dirt. No, when, when you talk about sex, right, I hear exactly what you're saying. I guess, do you, like you said, people may not take you seriously because it just comes out so bluntly. Mm-hmm. And you're always giggling. Like when you say the sexual stuff. Maybe. Also, a bunch of gay men listen to this. So I'm just going to get a bunch of gay dicks, which is fine. Gay dicks are fine. Those sound like cleaner dicks. I think they are the cleanest, the gay dicks. Um, but I just, I would love for like a dude who is into me to slide into my DMs and be like, hey girl, let me take you out. And I'd be like, okay. Okay. And that's never happened. No. Nobody's ever slid into my DMs and been like, let me take you out. That I was like, oh, I'm attracted to you. Because that's the second part of it. I ain't just going out with everybody. I'm not desperate. I gotta like I gotta like feel something. Mm-hmm. Number one, I thought you were in a relationship, like a long one. No. For some reason. But you had the, like a, a then you I thought okay. you had a joke about some guy you were dating. Um a joke about a guy I was dating. Nicole, I think he's referencing Dan Black. Oh well, I did post that I was in a relationship with Dan Black. Thank you, Mars, who's an improviser, and I posted on my Instagram, but that was just a joke. Okay. All right. We're still trying to figure out what the actual joke is. Okay. Did people think that was a joke? No. Do you think the reason why people don't hit on you online is because they still think you're in a relationship with Dan Black? I mean, I haven't posted about Dan since New Year's. (laughs) I can't imagine a man being respectful. (laughs) Wait, Jermaine, when did you meet your wife? Wait, are you married? Am I? Are you like officially married? 
But you've been together for so long. We are partners and people call her my wife all the time. I never correct her because that's know. what I said it twice. And I was like, I think I'm wrong. OK, how long have you been with your partner? We've been together since 20. We've been dating since 2015. Yeah. You guys have been together for so long. Yeah. But I met her a couple of years ago before. Uh, I met her a couple of years ago before that on Guy Code. And I sent her. She's she's just beautiful. I just hit her up via email like. How are you? Do you like movies? You know, I just trying to find something to talk to her about. Uh-huh. She, she said, she keeps reminding me how weird that email was. And I'm like, <laughs> it's weird that, like, I was being nice to you. Are you so used to, like, douchebags? Uh-huh. Like, like, when a guy, like, do you like this, you know, movies? It's just, I guess it's that weird. I'm like, I thought it was nice. But I guess it was weirder than, you know, other, the other way she's get, she gets hit mm-hmm. on or whatever. And so we started dating. And then um, we had uh, our first kid, uh, you know, a couple years after that. Now we're on our second kid. He just turned three. It's so wild that you have a three-year-old. Yeah. In our friend group, when it was announced that I was having a kid, everyone's reaction was, Jermaine? I remember when you were like, I'm having a kid. I also said, Jermaine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I deserve that. Um, because <laughs> I'm just who I am. You know what I'm saying? But I've always felt like my disposition has made me a great dad. I just love to have a good time. And um, me and my kids, we, you know, it's almost like they're my best friends for real. Uh, I take my daughter to the movies all the time. Like we went to go see uh, the Super Mario movie together. And you know something? We both laugh at the exact (laughs) same moments for the exact same Uh reasons. It was great. It was great. I was like, I'm a good dad. I'm a, I'm a pretty damn good dad. And I, I, you know, it's just one of those things where I was just, you never know when you're going to have a kid. But I knew the moment Megan said she was pregnant. I was, you know, I was ready for it. You know, I wanted to be a pop. That is so fucking cute. I love that. Um, yeah. I bet you're a good dad because I feel like you find the humor in everything. Like one of my favorite memories is doing a college show with you, Kevin. You It was you, me, and Kevin Barnett. And college shows go either way. And it's like either they're really great or they're like really awful because the kids are terrible. And Kevin was bombing so hard. And you were like in the balcony cackling because like the jokes were funny and you were like cackle at the punchline yeah. because we'd all heard Kevin's set before. And then I started cackling. Because you were cackling, and then Kevin was just like, oh, man, I can't. Can you all stop? They don't even like me. And it was, it, was the, it was the most magical moment, and it made me laugh so hard. And even now, if I'm not doing well in a set, I'll laugh at the punchlines for myself. Because I'm like, I know it's funny. Other people have laughed. And it's because of that moment. It, was, it brought me – I was like in – tears laughing at how hard you were laughing and how mad it made him and how the kids were like we don't get what what's funny about any of this <laughs> like you said the college shows i'm crying be, thinking of it it can be horrific yeah and kevin's my favorite comedian of all time he's my favorite comedian. like he's just the funniest one and uh, i know what he's capable of like i've seen kevin have some of the funniest sets I've ever seen any comedian have. And he, I, I don't know what it is about, like, he just knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And he was the few comics who just knew who he was, and he could exude that on stage. So if you didn't like him, you just didn't like who he was. Mm-hmm. And once you didn't like who he was, 
it would open him up to just this, you know, foray of just like non sequitur statements. Mm-hmm. The, the like that's what he would do. And so the fact I only laugh because I know what he's capable of. So when he was bombing on stage, it was just like the greatest thing. I, in fact, seeing your friends bomb and be terrible, <laughs> like great. great. And we, I mean, listen, seeing a comic kill is not fun. <laughs> Like, I, I know you can kill. Uh-huh. You know what? We can all kill. We're supposed to do a good job. Mm-hmm. But when something goes the way it's not supposed to go, <laughs> yo. Especially when you've seen it work. You've seen it. Like, he did his Black Wolverine joke, and it, it I've seen it a hundred times. An it works. And yeah. then <laughs> he did it for these kids. <laughs> like, dead silent. And he gets the punchline, and you're in the balcony just going, ah! <laughs> That joke, that joke is like, we made a sketch out of that joke. This is a perfect joke. Uh-huh. And Kevin's a writer. Like, Kevin's a particular writer. Mm-hmm. He, you know, writes to a T. And every joke has a beginning, middle, and a fucking end. Mm-hmm. But when something doesn't work for Kevin, you can see it throw him off a little mm-hmm. bit. And he'll go, ah, man. Ah. All right, man. You're like that. You're all right. <laughs> What's up? Kevin, I'm always late to I'm late to everything. I was late to the podcast. I'm very sorry. It's okay. But what's... I was late. Me and Kevin, uh, we, we had a co-headline in this comedy club in Baltimore. And, uh, dude, I was running. I live in Maryland. You know, I'm from Maryland. Mm-hmm. So Kevin's on stage killing time for me. <laughs> and he was doing a terrible job. <laughs> and I had to go on stage and close the show. And I did. And um, uh, after the show, I did a good job. You know, after the show, the booker of the comedy, uh, of the comedy club walked up to me and Kevin and was like, all right, cool. So listen, throughout the weekend, Kevin, you're going on before Jermaine. Jermaine, you're going to close the show. And I was like, all right, but um, we had this thing where we were going to, you know, tandem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe even like close out some nights and maybe Kevin close out some nights. And as soon as I said that, the booker goes, no, you close. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> And then you see Kevin going, ah. <laughs> and, so, and so. Which is. One thing. <laughs> It was great. Our opener was named Alabama. He murdered harder than all of us, right? <laughs> That's the best. When a fucking host is crushing more than the headliner, which has happened to me where you're like, I don't know. You want to do some more time and I'll do less time? Yeah. You're just doing real good. This nigga knows Baltimore. They knew everything about Baltimore. <laughs> yes. We just visited. So that's what, that was dope. That's what they wanted to hear. We didn't really have much that they wanted to hear. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And this happened every night, twice a night. He would go out to Alabama, eat a dick, and I will go on and do my shit, right? Uh-huh. And so one night, it it finally it finally hit Kevin. Kevin finally snapped, right? <laughs> so right, after bombing so many times, Kevin said, you know something, man? <laughs> it's just beautiful because none of y'all like me. And you've all showed up at the exact same time <laughs> in the same place for your hatred of me. <laughs> And that broke the audience. Like, that made the audience go, like, he was finally just fucking letting them have it. Uh-huh. It was like that moment in Philly when he had that that tirade in Philly, you know, just letting them have it. Mm-hmm. And that was like, man, this nigga's the funniest dude I have ever. Because, like, listen, we can kill. Like, that's fucking, we're capable of it. But you really know how great a comic is when they're eating, eating shit, shit on stage. And they can turn the audience. And then they're like, oh, I like you. That happens to me a lot. And, um... Uh, I think I did like chocolate Sundays or something, which is a black room. Um, I 
am considered sometimes weird in black rooms, a little too alty. In black communities, <laughs> like, and not, aside from rooms, like in life. Yeah. I worked at Lane Bryant, and all the girls who worked at Lane Bryant in New York were, like, from Brooklyn. And I remember my yeah. first day, all the girls from Brooklyn were, like, staring at me. And I was like, hey, girls. And they were like, you're fucking weird. And I was like, cool. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad to be working here. And then won them over slowly. But like in black rooms, I got to win them over slowly. And then it's always like an older black woman in the front who goes, you stupid. And then the crowd is like, oh, okay, we like her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Like think about black people in general, right? Like we, we're, we're very slow into getting into anything new yes, or anything, anything different off kilter, right? Mm -hmm. This is just, just period. So we're very like trepidatious by nature, period, yes. right? So when someone like Kevin, me or you or whoever just is a personality they're not used to, mm -hmm. it takes a minute. It takes a minute. <laughs> like uh, I've seen some of the best sets where people like go on stage and it's not even winning over an audience. It's an audience accepting who you are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we do. Like, I, I I I talked to this um, I think it was me and Larry Wilmore. I think we were talking about, I think like Larry, we were just and Larry's just like King Larry, man. That dude just one mm -hmm. of the goats, right? And we were talking about like, is stay okay, Stacy Dash <laughs> has said some of the worst things, <laughs> yep. right? Things that like people may not agree with, right? Things that, you know, would be considered just like, you know, Uncle Thomas, mm -hmm. right? And we were like, is she invited to the cookout? And everyone, I think, around <laughs> us were like, yes, because we're so forgiving. We're very forgiving. We're also super. We, like, welcome people in. We're like, okay, you could come in. Yeah. As long as you're yeah. not a weirdo. You know? It's like, eh, you're not being weird. You can come on over. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think, you know, uh, and in and, and our... In our lives, we've seen people like, you know, if you're good at what you like, Prince is such an enigma. You know what I'm yes. saying? But that nigga is the greatest guitar player ever, so right? So talented that it's like, I'll overlook some of this weird shit. You know what I'm saying? But I can go, you can say that about any talented black person. Like, uh, Andre 3000. That dude mm -hmm. had an uphill battle when it came to hip hop, right? But he, in that moment when he went on, uh, on stage at the Source Awards and said, the South got something to say. The South got something to say. You forget, this nigga's from Atlanta. That's a hood-ass fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, he ain't no different than us. He just dressed like he dresses and likes what he likes and wears wigs and like... And just got a silk press. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is just, who gives a fuck? You know what I'm saying? I think, just stay who you are. People will come to you. My mom told me that. I moved to LA and I was having a terrible time in some ways where I was just, I was, I was just like out of it. I was like, man, what's going on? I feel like I'm not, you know, I got to prove myself here mm -hmm. and there. And my mom said, Jermaine... As your mother, <laughs> I'm going to tell you that you're very different. And I'm like, uh-huh. She goes, people are going to have to come to you, baby. And when my mom said that, it, it just like, it, it made everything make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, it made, my mother said that. And I'm like, thanks for the honesty, mom. I didn't need to hear that. And then, it, like, I was, more, I was more patient with myself. I was more like, you know, I stopped comparing myself to other people. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the death of progress is comparison. So, that's, uh... My manager always told me. I mean, that is honestly truly good advice, I think, just in general, like for life, for career, for love, for everything. It's like, stop looking at the other paper. Like, just keep your eyes on your own paper. You are you. And 
my mother said the same thing to me. She was like, you are a lot. And people will have to come and they will have to like that. And you can't force everyone to like that. You will not be everyone's cup of tea, but the people who enjoy your tea are going to be your people for life. And my mother said that and she was absolutely right because the people who fuck with me fuck with me and the people who don't really don't (laughs) (laughs) they're that great like you know who they are Uh you know what i'm saying that's the best part like i'm too i'm i'm too old to be caring about new friends like if you you know what i'm saying like Mm. i I have my core group i respect if you don't like me who with me just let me know that's great let me know i don't mind oh it's just the best when you get like in your 20s you're making the worst mistakes in your 30s answering for those mistakes. In your 40s, that's who you are. That, this is it. You know what I'm saying? This is it? That's in your 50s, you don't give a fuck who you offend no more. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't wait till I'm like 80 and I like get on a bus and I trip someone with my cane and I'm like, what are you going to do? I'm 80. <laughs> I'm going to say, fight me. That's <laughs> <laughs> my catchphrase. Fight me. Fight me. <laughs> okay, real quick, we got to take a break. Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho. <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
I will say, I do like the choices you make. Like you did an episode of Celebrity Drag Race where I I feel like a lot of black gentlemen might feel emasculated or like this is too gay, but it's like, well, it's not gay unless you're gay. And also it's fun and there's nothing wrong with it. Listen, man, I did that for that reason. I grew up around, I had a gay cousin people, you know, were scared of for no reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom, she was a lesbian and her funeral was wild because people were still homophobic in the fucking funeral. Wild. And I'm like, anyway. And I I did it because um, I love everybody. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I, everyone. I don't know what it is about my personality, but I am damn near interested in cultures and like everything. I was a kid, like I, I was just curious about lifestyles of, you know, people that, that, that I don't know. Like, it just was a thing that I've always been fascinated by. And so when they asked me to do uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, it was an easy yes. It was just, yeah, I love RuPaul. Mm-hmm. I'm, and uh, I love playing characters. That's what drag is. <laughs> it's literally I mean, what drag is. What a fucking great way to break it down. That's literally what it is. It's just people playing a character and having fun and having a nice time and exploring thematic things. Wait, Jermaine, okay, I would talk to you forever, but we do have to wrap it up. Jermaine, listen, okay, I what? listen, I ask everybody this. Would you date me? Yeah, I'd date you. <gasps> I feel like it'd be fun. I feel like we watch crazy-ass movies all the time, and I don't know. I feel like you're already fun to talk to right now, like, in this interview. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I don't know. Like, we were talking about, <clears throat> do you think, you know, like, we were saying that, like, you know, let people come to you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that would apply in the dating world? Oh, my God. Maybe. Maybe I don't need to be, like, searching for somebody. Maybe I just have to wait for, like, a good person to approach me. Because, like, I I work hard in my career, but it's, like, most of the stuff I've gotten was, like, people coming to me. Dude, it's a fact. I told my friend, who is a hardworking producer, director, very single, and very beautiful person. Mm -hmm. I'm single. Why am I single? I want a boyfriend. I want a date. And I'm sitting there looking at her like, dude, you are too busy. You busy as hell. Yeah. And you're happy doing your work. I think maybe you're going to find that special person within your work while you're doing, you're chasing your own dreams. I think when you're out searching for it, it's like searching for an agent. Nobody wants a needy actor. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants a needy person. They want some, everybody wants someone that don't want them. Yes. Which is so wild. Like, when I was looking for reps, it was just like, you're too green. I'm like, yeah, you'll help me not be green. You'll help me get work. Yeah. And they're like, no, we'd rather help you me write. done a little bit on your own. And it's like, what? Huh? But I guess that's like a relationship. It's like, I don't want a needy person. I don't want a person who's desperate. I'm just, I, I would like someone who's secure with who they are and has a little bit of experience. Right. But listen, there are people who do need someone that needs them. Those are some strange people. <laughs> but I don't think that really is going to lead to happiness, to, to be completely honest. I think you have to be full and whole as a person, as an individual. And then along the way, you're going to meet someone who is hopefully an individual 
and you come together and you make, you know, a great relationship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have this whole thing about like, you ever meet someone who says, you complete me? Yes. That nigga crazy. <laughs> that nigga, you shouldn't need someone to complete you. You need someone to compliment uh, you. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Period, dude. That's just how I think it should feel like. You know, I don't know. That's just me. No, I think you're right, Jermaine. That was that was nice. Listen, we're done. Thank you for doing this, Jermaine. It's rather me. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I think you're great. I can't wait to fucking see you again. I'm like, let me know when you're in fucking LA. Anyway, if you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you could like it, you could rate it, you could subscribe. Um, if you write me something dirty hitting on me, you could write it to Why Won't You Date Me Podcast at gmail.com. Um, the dirtier, the nastier, the better. I'm running low, so send them on in. Um, and they don't have to be too long. This person said, I would dress us both up like bunnies, but hot, and take you to that weird raw vegan place where all the menu items are affirmations. Ooh, cafe gratitude. We'd order and be really sincere, but then the food comes. I jump on the table, feed you vegan slop mouth to mouth, and then dry hump you as foreplay. Then I take you back to my place, lube of all kinds, different vegetables, and we go to town on each other. No hole is sacred. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by, oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solotaroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. <laughs> This has been a Team Coco production. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate <laughs> is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy.